Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 44 of The Home Hour. This is the show where we talk about life, your kids, parenting, family, food, and everything that goes on inside your four walls. I'm your host, Megan Francis, mom of five and creator of The Happiest Home Blog. I'm glad you're here. So this is Thanksgiving week, and if you're listening to this the day it's released, which is the day after Thanksgiving, maybe you're doing some traveling or some cleanup, maybe you're still cooking, maybe you still have people coming over this weekend. Either way, I hope this can keep you company. Um, I usually talk about what's going on in my home at the beginning of this show, and obviously this week it would be a lot of cleaning in preparation for guests, then a lot of cooking and eating, and today, um, Friday, we're actually heading out to visit family for the weekend, which I'm really looking forward to. But this is always kind of the time of year, this weekend after Thanksgiving, where in our house, the holiday season sort of officially kicks off. And we celebrate Christmas. So for us, that is the holiday. That is the winter holiday that gets a lot of focus in our home. And so today's guest is Donia Baumgartner. She's a friend of mine who has a blog called Nurtured Mama. It's at nurturedmama.net. And she has an e-course, a 21-day e-course called 21 Days to a Peaceful Holiday, which she runs with another blogging friend, Sarah, Sarah Stewart-Holland. And so Donia and I talk about focusing on what matters during the holiday. I think sometimes we tend to get caught up in all these things we feel like we should be doing. And the truth is there's endless things we could do over the holiday, which sometimes starts to feel like endless things we should do over the holiday. But our discussion today is really about simplifying and getting down to the basics of what really matters to you, whether that's music or decorating or traveling or visiting with family or baking or um, you know, having guests come into your house, whatever it is that really matters to you, focusing on those things and kind of letting the rest go has been what I think is look, the secret to holiday happiness and just a more peaceful holiday. So I'm going to get right into my interview with Donia. Enjoy. Hi, Donia. How you doing? Good. How are you? I am doing well, and we are kind of easing into this holiday uh, time of year, which is a perfect opportunity to talk about something that's going on in your blog and your and a partnership that you have, and then also just to kind of talk more in general about treating the holidays with, I guess, a, a sane and peaceful point of view. Yes, you ready for that? This is a topic I love. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's first, like, let's talk about. Um, you have a, a an email course called Twenty One Days uh, to a More Peaceful Holiday. Is that or uh, uh, Twenty One Days to a Peaceful Holiday? Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about that, and then we can kind of use maybe some of those um, topics that you cover as jumping off points for our discussion. Yeah. Okay. So the class is a collaboration that I do with Sarah Stewart Holland, who blogs at Bluegrass Redhead, and um, it we kind of come at this topic from different perspectives. So my, where I came from is that I have had a really hard time with, with Christmas. Like I don't want to celebrate it. Haven't wanted to celebrate it for a number of years. Okay. Um, and that was for a number of reasons. I had a stressful job. There was always a, a big work event in January. So I basically just worked right through December and didn't have any time to prepare and I was tired and, you know, I just wanted to turn it off and not have it happen. Um, and Sarah comes from the perspective of she loves Christmas. It's like her favorite time of year ever. And a few years ago, her husband was laid off right before the holidays. And so it just felt for her like this, you know, travesty that she couldn't celebrate it the way she wanted to. And then she went through this whole process of really scaling back and narrowing in on what was most important to her and discovered that that made it even better, that that year was actually one of her favorite Christmases ever instead of being, you know, not what she right. wanted it to be. So what we've done is we've put together um, 21 days of emails. So we start on December 1st and then we send them through the solstice. Um and we each, we alternate. So we each talk about topics that are uh, near and dear to us. Um, and we cover a whole bunch of things. So we cover things like um, preparing for the holidays, things you can do in advance to sort of give yourself more time when you get to the big events, um, honing in on what's most important for you or for your family, which traditions you care about most, letting go of things that you might be doing because you think somebody thinks you should be doing it, but you don't really want to. Um reviewing your calendar and making sure you're keeping space for the things you want to do so that they don't just get scrunched to the side. Right. Um, and Sarah talks about Christmas music and Christmas movies, which are big loves of hers. Um, I think I have a post about honoring grief, 
um, in the holidays, which is something that I think doesn't get talked about enough. You know, the holidays can be really hard for lots of reasons because you're with, you're not with your family or you don't have a family or your family isn't the shape you want it to be. Um, I, I suffered, um, a couple of miscarriages in the last couple of years. And so, you know, there's a lot of that grief that comes up, like what could have been this year that isn't, um, and so family talk, members who have died or, you know, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that's well, you're time. missing, mm-hmm. you know, it's absolutely a hard time and it, it, it's hard to hold on to that and not feel bad that you're feeling bad because everybody else around you seems so joyful. But right. I think, I think that everybody is feeling sadness at the holidays and we just don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we have lots of topics and I'm really excited for the class. I just actually went through the class content yesterday and updated it for this year and I got all excited all over again. Well, that's great. <laughs> well, and so they can register either at your blog, which is nurturedmama.net or at... Right. At Sarah's, which is bluegrass right. redhead. Bluegrass redhead. Exactly. Okay, cool. Well, then definitely check that out. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well so people don't have to write it down or memorize it. They can just click right <laughs> over. Um, so uh, it's interesting that you and Sarah came from such different sort of perspective, perspectives about it, but then yeah. both kind of had to meet in the middle almost. Um, right. And while you were talking, I was thinking, you know, you were saying about what matters and that's something that I've definitely um, put a lot of effort into defining for myself over the last, I guess, you know, as our family grew and got things got more chaotic and crazy every year. And I have to say that the things that really have always mattered to me the most about the holidays are the things that um, can happen really at any time and mostly take place in my own home, like music, the movies, mm-hmm. um, decorating Christmas morning. Um, I love giving my kids gifts. Don't really care so much what I get, although my husband also loves to give me gifts. So it works out in my favor. (laughs) But, um, but I've never really focused much on all the external stuff, you know, like the parties we're supposed to be going Mm -hmm. to and the gifts you're supposed to be giving kind of random people. And I have to say, I think that that's made because no matter how busy your schedule is, you can always have a, a holiday playlist going. Right. That really isn't affected by how busy your work life is. I mean, but add in like a party every couple of days or some obligation and it starts to really add up. So what are some ways that you've added, you know, maybe for people coming from your perspective and then I can talk more about, I think I have more in common with Sarah (laughs) in that way. (laughs) Um, What are some things you've been able to add in that you feel like have been able, have, have let you embrace the season without adding to your stress level? Well, I think the biggest thing I did was just, um, really hone in on what was important to me. So first of all, instead of, you know, doing, just getting caught up in the busyness of the season, I really stepped back and said, what is it that I want out of the holiday season? What feels best to me? So like what you're talking about, you know, having those traditions and having music and, you know, paying attention to the gift giving that feels good. I wasn't doing that at all. So that, it just felt totally out of control. So I did that. And then I set boundaries that said, you know, so what I realized wasn't important to me was going to parties. So I just said, I'm not going to go to any parties <laughs> that first year. Yeah. Um, and it was really easy to just, you know, instead of saying, oh, I should, or I'm expected to go to this one, I just said, I just said, I'm not going to any parties this year. And I didn't go to any. Mm-hmm. So it was really easy to make the decision. Yeah, that's so funny. And I think that parties are one of those things that you know, gosh, if it's like someone in my family, like my brother or my sister, and they have a get together, I'm there. I mean, I want to go to that. That mm-hmm. to me is like yeah. a family. But that's easy. You know, that's your right. family. Right. And, right. It's, but then when and it's, those are people know, you want to spend time with anyway. I mean, but then when right. it's like then sort when of it's these company parties yeah. and, you know, and <laughs> yeah. the party at the school that maybe you maybe don't want to go to. <laughs> right. The white <laughs> you know, elephant party where you're like, oh, exactly. I don't you yeah, know. Yeah, they can add up really fast. They really can. have a busy social life. Yeah. Yeah, they can. And, you know, it's it's funny because one of the I think blessings of having had so many kids in a relatively short period of time. I mean, I know they're not super packed in, but um, they were all, you know, five kids in 11 years. It's kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. And is that I really couldn't go to any of that stuff for a long time. We just didn't have the sitter to go. It was just not an option. And right. I think at some point I just stopped getting invitations. And yeah, well, that say, makes it a lot easier. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, no one's inviting me to anything because either because I'm so out of it you know, that there's no reason for anyone to invite me or because they just know I'm not going to come or whatever. And, and honestly, that just made everything easier. It's, I think it's harder when you have a job where your social network is maybe a little more diverse or, um, where you're see multiple people all the time and you have sort of those loose connections, you know, they're like, you're not like your friend exactly. Right. 
they're more than a coworker, but less than a friend. It's kind of like a friendly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's where I think that. So how did you kind of get around? Like if someone invited you to a party and you just really didn't want to go and or you had made this declaration, you weren't going to go. How did you delicately bypass those invitations <laughs> or not so well, delicately? Well, yeah, I was, I think I'm pretty delicate. Um, th- that's actually something I have practiced in my life, not just in the holiday seasons is learning how to say no to things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has really helped me to recognize that saying no to things means I'm saying some yes to something else. And you've probably heard that phrase, yeah, say no course. to this, say yes mm-hmm. to that. So for me, it really helped me to stand in the place where I was saying no to someone's party which honestly, they may not really care if I go right. to or not, so that I could say yes to something else that was more important to me, whether that was resting, staying home and sitting in front of the fire all mm. by myself, mm. making a Christmas present that really made me feel good, um, or going to a different party with someone that maybe I was closer to or was more meaningful to me in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in you know, in terms of what do I actually say, it really depends on the situation. But I would say, you know, thank you for inviting me, but, or I'm not available that night. I mean, honestly, people don't really care all that yeah. much why you can't <laughs> Right, right. They just want to make sure they have enough food. <laughs> Unless it's your brother or your sister, right. you know, maybe you might say, I really need to rest that night. But um, most invitations, they just want to know if they need to count you for food right. or not. Right. <laughs> they really That's don't care so all that true. Much. So you don't have to go into all that detail which might make you feel really awkward. Less said the better. I think, yeah, exactly. Just say no and you don't yeah. have to explain. You know, it's funny that um, when you're talking about this, I was just thinking about how complicated social networking has made some of these relationships because like you said, some people, and it's just the truth that some people in your life are more meaningful to you because you're closer to them or for whatever reason. Um, that's just a fact of being human. Mm-hmm. But I feel like because so many people now sort of see us equally, you know, like, if, like say you're on Facebook and you've got your work friends and your family and your friend friends right. and, you know, you're all at the same level. Everyone's in the kind of, yeah, they're kind of yeah. the same level. And it feels weird to exclude people even when um, you're not really particularly close to them because right. it's so out there, you know, and, and even if you don't, you know, I'm pretty careful, like when I have a get together and it's something that I have to put a limit on, not to be flashing it all over the internet because I don't want people to feel bad, but I can't control if other people post pictures and tag me. And, and right. at some point it becomes right. silly. Like I can't invite the entire world to my house. It doesn't fit <laughs> the entire world. It doesn't fit that many people. So it's just, I think it's, it's one of those things where it's almost become this inflated idea of our obligations to each other. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, in an event you may have not been invited to five years ago and you wouldn't have cared, maybe you still don't care, but you're watching it unfold and you're like, oh. Exactly. It just triggers that FOMO, you know, you, gotta, yeah, you have to be bit. where you're yeah. not. And yeah, yeah. it's hard. It's it hard, is. certainly. And, you know, it's, I think it's harder for some personalities than others. I mean, I certainly get triggered by that and I'm very introverted. So I'm actually very happy not going to the party. Mm. But when I see pictures of the party, I still think, oh, I would have had so much fun, even though in reality, I know I would not have had right. so much fun. Right, right, right. I would yeah. have been exhausted. Yeah. Well, and then the other nice way to flip that is like you said, most people really don't. I mean, most people don't care that much unless you're really in their inner circle. Yeah. Whether you come and if you don't, why not? And I mean, even friends of mine who I'm very close to, if they bail on something, I'm like, okay. I mean, I don't really care. <laughs> we all have enough going on. Certainly. Right. That, and, yeah. And everybody has good reasons for being right. where they are or not being where they are. And right. we don't need to know all of them. Exactly. All of those reasons. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about obligations and parties and those kinds of events. What about things like um, other things that happen outside of the home? I'm thinking of, you know, volunteering, uh, the school parties, like things like that. And that's something that, you know, depending on where you are, your kids' ages and uh, your ability, or I guess even maybe how much of a history you have of volunteering and things. Because I know once people know you're a volunteer, that like they can count on you, (laughs) (laughs) that then you become that person for a lot of people. And I think that a lot of us fall into that uh, trap of being so dependable yeah, that we're always yeah. dependent on. Right. Um, again, not a particular problem for me because I sort of fell off the face of the earth for ten years. But 
have you been in the, I feel like you're kind of one of those go-getters that might have ended up in that position <laughs> at some point. Well, I'm not right now. Um, and partly that's just because my daughter's only three. So right. we don't regu- we don't have the school events happening right. yet. So we'll see, you know, in the next few years how I handle that. But my sense and from talking to some of my friends who have older kids is that it's it's kind of like the party obligations is it's where you set your boundaries and practice of saying no for things that are outside the boundaries for you this year. Now, your boundaries might change every Christmas. You know, this year it might be for me, you know, it's all about staying home this particular year and having a very small celebration with my immediate family. None of my siblings are traveling to me. It's just going to be me and my partner and my kid. Um, So that on one hand gives me a little bit more time to do more things, but on the other hand kind of makes me just want to focus very close where in a year I was traveling, I might choose different things Mm -hmm. that are important to me that year. Yeah. So they can be different from year to year and that's another important thing. Absolutely. I think that we get in this idea sometimes that once we've created a tradition, uh, we can't stray from it. (laughs) Right. And especially if we, if you're the type and I am, I'm sort of emotional about holidays and I have a lot of nostalgia tied up with Uh holidays and how I remember my holidays as a kid. And, and now, you know, I have to say now my, my children are getting older. We've only really got a few more years of the Santa thing left where anyone in the family is even going to pretend like they believe anymore. And things are going to change. Like Christmas yeah. morning is sitting around in our pajamas, unwrapping gifts, maybe isn't going to be such a big deal. And that's kind of, that's really sad. And that's hard for me to kind of contemplate mm-hmm. giving up. Um, but also it's cool because maybe we'll go on a vacation over the holiday instead or, or something else. Right. That I it can't could even... look really different. It could. Yeah. And one of the things that I really recommend, there's an email that I send out early in the list of the classes that is not just thinking about what's important to you, but talking to your family about it. Because, right. you know, like your kids are changing what's, you know, they're changing ages. So what's important is going to change for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I asked my daughter what's most important, of course, it's the presents. Right, right, right. <laughs> she loves her advent calendar. I do an advent calendar every year for her that where she gets to pick something out of the pocket. Yeah. Um, those are the things that are most important to her. But as she gets older, it might be something totally different. And right. so I want to keep her a part of that conversation. And as your kids get older, that's a great conversation to have, even yeah during the holidays or after the holidays for next year. Right. Well, yeah. What do you love this year? What would you, what did, what did we not do that you would like to do next year? And, and I have to say like, you know, the advent calendar thing is just a perfect example of something that changes so much. So, you know, and I remember this transition myself when I was a little kid, um, that when I was really small, three, four, five, six, maybe it was the anticipation of opening that little door yeah. And knowing that you were one day closer. And then yes, inside the, you know, inside the door, you were going to find a little piece of candy or something. And that's great. But, um, that wasn't, the candy wasn't really the point. It was the, it was the, the process of doing it. And as the kid, the kids get older, like now I look at my 11 year old, he just wants the candy. Like he doesn't care yeah. about the little door anymore. <laughs> so I've really had to kind of come back and say, okay, well, let's think of a different way to do the advent then. Like what's something that can be more, a little more interactive. Um, we've done some of those Playmobil calendars where you pull out like a little uh, piece of a scene and then put it together and they have Mm -hmm. those and all kinds of cool ones but just something where I'm not just opening a door and I actually remember being like 12 years old and just taking all the candy out of the advent calendar one day you know just like (laughs) skipping ahead and taking all of it and eating it all in one sitting and it was taking all the presents (laughs) I know but it was like one of those moments where it was like my innocence was gone you know (laughs) it was like I had truly just gone beyond it. I didn't care anymore. And and all children do that. You know, we want to have this magical experience and we think they're going to stay in that stage forever where everything is going to be so, so much anticipation and so much magic. And everybody grows up at some point a little bit, you know, we never completely lose that childishness, but I think we have to acknowledge too, that as our kids get older, the stuff that really rings their bell when they're three Right. Isn't going to do it for them anymore. And that's kind of where I'm finding myself now with my older children, not with the little ones. Right. Um, and even, but. and even at this age, I mean, even the transition from two to three, the advent calendar I have for her is this great one. I found at land of nod a couple years ago mm-hmm. and it has pockets. Mm-hmm. So all different size pockets. So the first year I just put trinkets in there. Cause you know, she was only 18 months old. Right. And then last year I put some craft supplies in there. And this year I'm 
I'm going to do some of those things also. But what I found was that she would play with the thing for the day and then it was junk. Right. I don't want to have more junk around my house. Exactly. So this year I'm going to put in some of the pockets um, experience things. So it'll be a note that says, hey, let's make cookies today. Or I I bought tickets to go to the Nutcracker. So on the day that we're going to go to the Nutcracker, I'm going to put a little invitation to go to the Nutcracker for her. So, you know, so I'm kind of changing it up even year to year. And I don't know how long this is going to last. I mean, she loves right. it now and I love it. But at some point I may say, hey, this is way too much work. Right, right, right. I don't yeah. do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, one thing that I remember my mom introducing when I was maybe 11 or 12, um, and what I like about this too is that it gets you off the hook for having a calendar all set up and ready to go on December 1st. Because I don't know about you, but I feel like December 1st always is like a like a rude surprise. Yes. Where did yes. this even – how did this happen? Because it happens so quickly after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, and that also reminds me that every year up until now, just a little tangent, I've been adamant that I'm not going to decorate for the holidays and I'm not going to start playing Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. And this year I decided like, why am I doing this to myself? Cause what ends up happening is Thanksgiving comes and goes. We usually travel by the time we get home and unpack and then the kids are back in school. By the time I even think about doing that stuff now I've, I've lost a whole week and I love it. That's my favorite part. So why would I sort of arbitrarily create this rule for myself that I'm not right. allowed to enjoy Christmas music until, you know right. what I mean? <laughs> like, right. yeah. I get it. I don't want to jump the holiday or rush it, but then I always feel like, oh my gosh, no, I don't have any time left to enjoy this. So this yeah. year I'm like, ugh, the weather's been horrible here. I'm rewarding myself. I'm busting out the Christmas stuff like this week. So, <laughs> um, so I'm, and now I feel great. I'm like, I have something to look forward to. So exactly. And I think yeah. that that's really interesting because I always do that same thing about, I'm not, my birthday is always the week after Thanksgiving also. Mm-hmm. So it's right at the end of November. So I just have this thing about, I don't want to celebrate Christmas until my birthday's done. Right. So, but then the same thing happens. It always feels like a rush, but you know, that's just my thing. That's still where I am with it. I haven't right. changed my mind, but, um, I, I don't know if you follow um, Life Your Way, the blog yes. Life Your Way. She she decorates the day after Halloween because she yeah. loves Christmas, you know. And I right. just think it's so cool that we can each give ourselves permission right. to do it whatever way we want to. Well, and I think that it's so easy to get caught up. I mean, I mean, there's so many opinions on the internet and everywhere, but I mean, the internet really intensifies it, right? So you've got people grousing on Facebook and Twitter about, People, you know, they decorate too early for hol- or for the holidays. Like, you know, it's kind of this thing. It's become a cultural, almost like, like, are you in or out on this topic? And I feel like we've all, we all somehow feel like we have to draw a line in the sand about it, which is just so silly. I mean, I just feel like, hey, if I want to set that as my, as what I'm going to do, that's great. And if I don't want to, I don't have to. And that's great too. Right. It's, right. it's up, it's totally up to me. So I find that by getting a jump on it, I'm just setting myself up. Oh, and also we have two birthdays. We have one on December 2nd and one on December 6th. But I don't like to wait till after December 6th to start decorating because then it's like way too late. So I feel like if I do it a little more in advance, then I'm not blending everything in one week. Like I'm not trying to cram everything in. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that brings me to this idea that I started bringing up and then I went off on a tangent, which I do sometimes. (laughs) Um, But my mom introduced the idea of 12 days of Christmas. So I don't remember if she did this in in addition to or instead of an advent or maybe just kind of took the emphasis off the advent. But it's like basically the 12 days before Christmas, every day we would open some little something or other. And and I don't know mm-hmm. if it's supposed to start on Christmas and go 12 days or lead up to yeah, Christmas. Yeah, I think I think traditionally it starts on Christmas. Okay. My, my mom used to celebrate that too. It's a very, very old tradition. And the way she celebrates is, is she keeps her Christmas tree up until the end of the 12 oh, days. Okay. So she keeps her Christmas. So she buy, she always buys a live tree and yeah. sets it up very late in December so that it will last through the 12 days. And that's kind of a nice way to sort of Extended. You know, when you when you open all those presents on Christmas morning and then it's like, okay, done. It's just a blur. (laughs) It's a blur. It's so abrupt. Yeah, it is. So I've always really liked that she can, you know, she just keeps the tree and the twinkly lights and you know, and then it's not such a rush. Right. And 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 of course these would be small, you know, little things that wouldn't be and my don't my kids don't get twelve gifts right now, so I don't even really know how it'd work that out. Maybe the thing like you said, the experience. Um Yeah. You know, something like that. And it could be really small, like going for a walk all together with the family in the snow, if you have snow, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And what I like about that too is it allows me, it would allow me the whole month to enjoy the season without feeling like I had to have everything ready to go by a specific date. And if I didn't have it already, you know, then it didn't happen or something. Because I I think there's also that, 
you know, oh my gosh, we get there and it's like, it's December 1st, we only have 24 days. And if we don't have everything done by like, you know, a week before, it doesn't even count. And it, it's like, it, there's so much pressure to have everything ready to go. I like mm-hmm. the idea of easing into it a little bit. So yeah, I might do that and easing out as well. And, easing and I out. love that idea that for little ones, it can be a lot about anticipation. So the pre-Christmas advent calendar makes a lot of sense. And for bigger kids, it's more about really honoring what the holiday is, whatever right. that means for your family, whether it's a religious thing or a, or a seasonal thing. I mean, from our, for our family, it's much more about the solstice and the shift from winter to spring or, mm-hmm. or it's not really spring yet. Well, right. It's looking forward to spring. Right. Um, so, you know, however way you practice that in your home, it can really be about easing into that and then right. easing back out. And that's really lovely. So I know that a, last year or maybe two years ago, Sarah wrote a series that I don't I got a lot of attention. I don't remember now where it was exactly, but she wrote about having a completely minimalist Christmas. Like she didn't, yeah. I don't think they gave any <laughs> gifts that year or. I, I yeah, remember, yeah, I think she called it Christmas without consumption. Yes, yes, that's um, right. Yeah, that was exactly what led into this class for her. That was the year that her husband was laid off. And so she um, really tried to spend no money that year and then yeah. wrote about that process and that experience. And And like I said, what she found was that it was more magical and more joyful for her because she was really focused on what, you know, she really honed in on what was important to her. And it and you realized that it wasn't stuff. It was right. the experience and it was the connection with her family and it was being together, you know, yeah. which that doesn't cost anything. So does she write about that? Because I, in, yeah. does she cover that yeah. in the course? Because I would, I, yeah. and I want to kind of address that, I think, because I think that there's probably ways you can take her experience and apply it, even if you're not going to go completely gifts free. And I, and I think sometimes when we hear about Absolutely. things like that, you immediately, the knee jerk is to be like, but I like giving gifts and I want to give gifts and right. I don't want to give that up. So talk yeah. about that a little bit. Yeah. And for her, it wasn't just about gifts. It was, you know, what kind of tree were they going to get? And I don't remember how they resolved that because they couldn't afford to buy a tree that year. So I don't remember if they did branches or they, I, I don't remember what they ended up doing, but mm-hmm. you know, it was, She couldn't afford to do the party that she liked to do, and she couldn't afford to do the tree and the decoration that she wanted to do and gifts. So it was all those things. Um, So, uh, uh, gosh, gosh, I'm sorry. I think I lost your question. That's okay. Well, I guess my my I guess my question was mostly how how does she recommend um, in your course, or or is this something that you cover? You know, handling minimalizing to some extent the focus on consumption without completely getting rid of consumption, because I think most of us aren't going to do that. You know what I mean? Unless we have to, we're not, most of us aren't forced into that situation. And so without being kind of shoved into it, I think (laughs) a lot of us want to scale back, but not to that extent. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting it. Yeah. So, so, um, she talks about thinking about alternatives. So, um, so for example, if, you know, if, if Christmas cards is your thing, you know, you love to send Christmas cards, but the cost of postage is becoming something you don't want to spend. What's another way that you could do Christmas cards? So you could make your list smaller, you could email them, mm. you could hand deliver them locally. You know, there's lots of things you could do. So it's really about getting creative Yeah. about, you know, what it is you're going to do. So I think I'm just looking at her email right now. That's the one about the consumption. Yeah, sorry to put you on the spot. It's not, it's not even your email. No, that's but- okay. That's okay. It was easy to find. So she talks about instead of buying a tree, what could you do with, you know, instead of purchasing a tree, whether that's, you know, an an imitation tree or a live tree, could you borrow one? Could you go someplace where you can cut a tree down? Could you um, use an alternate tree? I remember a Christmas when my parents first divorced that my mom could not afford to buy a tree. Um, and we had a tradition of always cutting down our own tree. So, um, and we had moved from the country into town. So, um, she got permission from my dad to go back up to the property where we had just moved from and she cut down a manzanita tree. We didn't have fir trees on our property, but she cut down a manzanita tree. I don't know if you've ever seen a manzanita tree there. Um, they have red bark. They're very pretty. They have red bark and little silver leaves, call them dollar shaped leaves. Um, and it was gorgeous. It's probably the most gorgeous Christmas tree we ever had, but it was totally off balance and it fell over every night. And that's one of my favorite <laughs> Christmas stories because it yeah. was, you know, it was sort of born out of desperation yes. on her part. She really wanted us to have a Christmas tree. And so she, you know, uh, 
went to my dad, which is probably right. really hard for her to do that year, and asked if we could go get a treat. And then it totally didn't work. It just fell over. So <laughs> but funny. It was so fun yeah. every morning to go out and pick up the tree again. So, you know, what she probably felt in the moment was a disaster was actually one of my favorite Christmas memories. That's so funny. When I was in the third grade, I have a very similar memory. My parents divorced, and this this was like probably our brokest Christmas. Maybe I was in second, second or third grade. And we went out to the woods where like my mom's friends had some property and said we could go chop down a tree on their property and she didn't really want it well first of all it was like her me and my older brother and none of us were really very strong with an axe and we didn't know what we were doing and we didn't want to pick a big tree because she thought no that doesn't seem right to cut down one of their nice trees so let's just cut this and we found this totally charlie brown christmas tree and cut it down which took forever we were all freezing um and we didn't cut it straight you know so it wouldn't sit up straight in the in the little base thing, you know, the holder, because we didn't cut the trunk at right. the right angle. And anyway, I mean, we had so much tinsel on that thing. And that was back when everyone did real tinsel. I don't feel like anyone does tinsel anymore, like the strandy right. stuff, you That's know? Oh, you couldn't even see the tree. There was so much tinsel. And I'm sure my mom was thinking to herself, oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe it's come to this. But I don't remember any other trees from my childhood the way I remember that one. Yes. Because it was the whole experience. And it's a yeah. funny story now to talk about. Right. Wandering out in the woods in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan with, you know, snow up to our hips, trying to cut this tree down, not having any idea what we were doing. And, you know, it worked out. I mean, it was right. a fun memory. Well, and that kind of illustrates my point that it's really more about the experience than the right. thing, right? I mean, yes. the tree was not the thing. It's the experience that you remember. And it's the experience that I remember in my own case. Yeah. So here we go tangenting again. What you asked me about was <laughs> gifts. So oh, right. gifts yeah. are your thing. <laughs> so we actually, both Sarah and I talk about um, gifts and alternate gifts. Um, and this is something that was actually the biggest thing for me is I when I found my way back to enjoying Christmas was I realized that I was giving gifts out of obligation mm, mm-hmm. and trying to give gifts to people that I thought I should give gifts for, but I didn't even know them very well. Right. And I which really, is impossible. which is impossible to give anything other than like a box of chocolates, which right. is really meaningless. Or a gift card, which at one point, why don't you all just keep your money? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Everyone's and, just trading and gift for, cards. And what I realized is that for me, the joy of giving a gift was giving something that I really felt that person would love. So right. giving gifts in that way, a gift card or a box of chocolates that was sort of meaningless, really took all the joy out of it for me. And I really just started resenting it. So what I did, um, to sort of resolve that, that issue in my own life was that I just decided to only give gifts to my immediate family. Okay. So in my case, that was, I didn't, I wasn't, um, with my partner yet. So for my case, that was my siblings and my mom, um, and my best friend. So that was like six people, right? <laughs> really short list. And then I really thought about them, you know, what would they really love this year and what would be meaningful for me to give them, not just what did they want, but what would, what would they want from me? Mm -hmm. Um, and so in some cases I made some things, my sister was living in, my youngest sister was living in Manhattan at the time. So I knitted her some warm stuff because it was a really cold winter that year. Um, I don't even remember what what all that, you know, that sort of turning point year was for me. I don't remember all the gifts, but I know I made some of them and I bought some of them. So it wasn't all about only making gifts. Right. It was just really about being thoughtful about my gifts. And it wasn't, I didn't even set a budget that year. So it wasn't even really about spending less money. It was just about having a lot more meaning in it. Yeah. I love that. And I think that that's such a a relatable thing that we get so easily caught up in. Um, the idea of having this obligation lift gift list. And I don't like when I'm given a gift out of obligation because then I feel obligated exactly. to give a gift back. And <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> and then it just becomes this big, like hamster wheel. It is. Gift. It's a, it's an, it's a meaningless exchange for no good reason. Yeah. And so, right. yeah, we we're very similar. We, well, and part of it, it, it helps that we do Christmas day just with us. So, mm-hmm. There's not even really that temptation because we're not with anybody except my husband and I and our kids on Christmas Day. Um, And, you know, as far as I have a lot of siblings and all of my siblings, we have average of four children each. So there's four siblings and 16 kids. There's a lot of little children. And at some point we're like, guys, we're not giving gifts to all the kids. It's just silly. You can't do it. You know, there's too many. We all want to spend our own money more wisely. And we all know that. We have enough, uh, our gift budget's big enough just with our kids. So let's just all make this easier on ourselves. Right. And right. 
and not give gifts to the other, you know, other kids in the family. But that's, that being said, sometimes I will see something that I think really, that my brother would really, really love, or my sister-in-law would really, mm-hmm. really love, or my sister would mm-hmm. really, really love. And that doesn't mean I won't buy it for them. I'm just not going to give it to them at the official Christmas party, you know, the official right. family holiday get together. I'll give it to them, pri- them privately at some other point, and they're not going to go brag about it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just because I get something for my brother this year doesn't mean I also have to get something for my other brother, my sister, and all right. of my sisters-in-law this right. year. I can, right. you know, it's like... It, it all evens out in the end. I think about everyone equally. Um, and it's not a reflection of how much I love one person over another, you know? Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. And, I, and another, another way to do gifts, even if you have a longer gift list is to buy them throughout the year, because, yeah. you know, I, I see things that, you know, so, someone might love in June and that doesn't mean I can't give it as a Christmas gift. Right. I just have to remember where it is. Well, <laughs> right. That that requires a certain level of organization. There's a little bit of planning and organization <laughs> that's involved here. But yeah. that's one thing that I really like doing is, you know, when I see something that I think someone would really love, and it's not a time-sensitive sort of thing, is go ahead and pick it up whatever time of year it is yeah. and then save it for a birthday or a holiday. Yeah, that's a really good idea. So we've covered gifts. We've covered... Um, well, we've talked a little bit about trees. We've talked about parties. So what are some of the other kind of essential things that go into the holidays? Well, one thing, um, do you have certain traditions that you do every year with your family or do you mix it up? Like I'm talking about like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day generally. Yeah, we do have some that we do every year. And it's been, you know, it's been very interesting to me since my daughter was born, how much more focused I am on those traditions. Mm-hmm. And being really thoughtful about them and also really thinking about what uh, energy goes into making them happen. So there's some that I thought would be a really good idea, but then it was just way too much work and so I canned it. Um, yeah. <laughs> off the top of my head, I cannot remember what that was. I, I remember having that thought process. Um, so m- my mom actually calls me uh, the hearth keeper in our family. She mm-hmm. says I'm the one who keeps the traditions in our family. Um, and the big one for me is having fondue on Christmas Eve. That's something oh. that ha- we've been doing in our family since I think my dad's mom introduced that, um, particular tradition. And as traditions sometimes happen, it was kind of an accident the first year. I think they didn't have, like, they were getting a kitchen remodel and so the stove wasn't available or the okay. stove wasn't big enough for the turkey or something. So they did fondue instead. Oh, I love that. And and it stuck. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, what a fun tradition. What a fun way to have yeah. it start, right? Yeah, exactly. And and of course, I didn't know that story. My that grandmother died when I was still fairly young, so I didn't know that story until years and years later. My mom told me that just a couple years ago that, "Oh, did you know this this actually started, you know, in this funny way." Um, but I've been, we've been doing that for as long as I can remember. And now I'm the one who hosts the fondue. So I don't really care about Christmas day dinner. If somebody else wants to host that, awesome. I don't even necessarily want to go do it every year. Right. Um, but I really love having a meal together on Christmas Eve. And then our other piece is that we open one gift. And lately that's just been the kids open one gift. That used to be everybody. But now it's just the kids open one gift. So, and then the way that I've molded that with my daughter is that that one gift on Christmas Eve is a set of pajamas. And I think this year I'm going to add a DVD and some popcorn so that we can have a little Christmas Eve movie show, you know? That's great. That's so, very similar to what we do, actually. We give one gift, it's pajamas, and then we do a family gift, which also kind of evolved. But now the family gift is either a board game or something that we something can do together to do. and popcorn. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, so other things we do is we always go get a Christmas tree at a Christmas tree farm. So we like, you know, we like to have a live tree and we always go together to cut it. There's a place that we go um, that's about 20 minutes from our house that's up on top of a hill and it's beautiful and it's really nice when it's a cold day, which doesn't always happen at Christmas time in California sometimes. It's yeah. Really warm, which is a little strange. Um, we and, and other silly things, like we have a tradition of only opening presents one at a time on Christmas morning, and we always go by youngest to oldest in age, mm-hmm. which really keeps the chaos down. It yeah. allows everyone to see what the gifts are and appreciate what the gifts are. I know some families are kind of, you know, everybody rips into the gifts all at once. So, you know, so there are, there are these small things that we do 
right. that I consider traditions that some people might not even think of as traditions. But they are, because it's the way you do things. And it's that's the what way we do it every is, year, right? right? Yeah. And, and if somebody else came into our family, they might say, oh, well, we do it really differently in yeah. our family. And, and that's something you have to consider when you start a new relationship right. <clears throat> or yes. you blend a family. I mean, that was something that my partner and I talked a lot about the first year that we lived together because he has a son who was 16 when he moved in with me. And, you know, I, I have all these things that I'm used to doing about Christmas, but I had no idea what his expectations were for what his Christmas was mm-hmm. going to feel like. So we talked a lot about what traditions came from his side of the family and what traditions were coming from my side of the family and how we could blend them into something that worked for everybody. Yeah. And it ta- that takes time. I mean, that takes Absolutely. because everyone's attached to certain things that can't, that sometimes can't last. <laughs> they can't right. like when I, when I first got married, um, my husband's family tradition was to drive out to New York. So, um, Buffalo, New York, which is for Christmas. And we, by the time we had a, you know, a baby and then another one pretty quickly thereafter, I was like, this is insanity. I'm not driving out to Buffalo. I mean, the weather, as you may imagine, is unpredictable mm-hmm. at that time of year. And we'd be crammed into like <laughs> his grandpa's bad. house. And it was just, and I was like, this is not, you know, we kind of did it for a couple of years, but at some point we had to sort of had this moment where it was like, how about if we just don't see any of our families on Christmas? Then it's not like we're ditching your family to see our family. We're just not going to, we're going to see just us. This is just going to be about what's going on with us. And and that may, again, that could change in the future, but it was a definitely a necessity because I just, it, it was not fun. <laughs> it was yeah. not fun. It yeah. And for, for years I was the single person in the family yeah. and, you know, my siblings are sort of far flung. So it was easy for me to travel because it was just me. Right. And then now that, you know, I have a partner and a little one and a steps kid, we don't travel anymore. So people come to us now if they want to. Right. Yeah. 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 That's so funny. And you know, I think another one, it was funny when you're talking about the tree. Um, we did the thing where we would go to the, the Christmas tree farm and we did that for a few years, uh, for a long time when the kids were little. And then at, at some point we just stopped. And I think it was because we had several really cold winters in a row. Mm-hmm. And it, wasn't, and it fun. wasn't fun. Yeah. And I was forcing us to do it. Like I was making us go through because I was like, well, this is how it's going to be. This is how it's, you know, this is how real families cut their trees down. You know, that this is an experience, blah, blah, blah. And I finally realized I was just basically torturing us all just to kind of stick to this idea <laughs> of what it should be. And so now yeah. oftentimes I don't even go pick the tree out because we, it got to the point where I always was sitting in the car with a baby anyway. And then yeah. John would get out with the bigger kids and they'd go pick the tree. So now usually he takes the bigger boys. They go pick out the tree. They bring it back. We let it, you know, yeah. air out or whatever and kind right. of open up. And then they by the time feel we... all manly and Yeah, exactly. The yeah. And then by the time we bring it in the house, I'm ready with the decorations and the music and the yeah. hot cocoa and everything's like ready to go. And we yeah. love it. We all have a nice time. We all, you know, the process of going and picking out the tree isn't super crazy for them. It's fun. And they get it from, they right. just get it from a, a lot now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we have enough nature in our lives, like seriously, and enough cold. I just decided I have enough cold in my life just yeah. living in Michigan. So I don't need to add additional cold experiences um, just for the sake of doing it. But exactly. I think that's a good example of a tradition that could start out one way and it's very easy to get stuck thinking you have to do it that way. But it's really no big deal to just go with something that's a little easier right. or more fun for everybody. Um, yeah. And that yeah. might look different year to year. Maybe we'll have a warm spell this year. I doubt it doesn't look that way. <laughs> Unlikely. It's not shaping up to be a, a warm winter. <laughs> that's right. I, I came across a quote yesterday that really speaks to this. It's by, I don't know if I'm going to say his name right, but it's W. Somerset Mon. Okay. And he says, tradition is a guide and not a jailer. Oh, I love that. So yeah, I mean, it just really is about that idea that, you know, what even what's been traditional for years, you can shift it if it's not working. Right. Yep. Totally. Okay. So gosh, we've covered a lot of ground here. Christmas music. I feel like we, we have to, um, end <laughs> talking about Christmas music and maybe decorations. Cause those are two really of my favorite, my favorite things yeah. about the holiday. If I had to strip everything else away and those are the only two things that I could do. And I will say, I do like Christmas, you know, treats and like the food, but mm-hmm. I don't go super crazy with baked goods. And I, you know, I feel like it, the, almost that could happen any time of year. It's not specific to Christmas. So as much as yeah. I love to eat to me, eating in the holiday, aren't, you know, necessarily, um, are, aren't necessarily linked in that way, but music and decorations are. So tell me how you handle that in your house. Then I'll talk about my house a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a confession because, yeah. um, Christmas music mostly makes me batty. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what I, are there any is, exceptions? 
Like, yes. is there a certain type? Yeah. Like? Yeah. So what I have done is I have um, made a playlist for myself of Christmas music that I actually like. And what what that means is it's more of the classical kinds of music. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of instrumental or, you know, like Yeah, choral? some instrumental, more choral, and okay. some that are really not so tradi- or I don't want, I want to, I don't want to say more traditional Christmas carols, but not the, not the ones that you might hear in the store, like not Jingle Bells. Right. Um, but the more traditional, older traditional carols okay. of the year. So it's like wintertime carols. Okay. There's a really great group called Kitka. Um, I think they're from here in California and they do traditional Eastern European music and they have an album called Winter Songs that I just love and it's Ooh. traditional holiday music of Eastern Europe. So it's wow. not my traditional music. Right. <laughs> but they're really beautiful songs and they do it's mostly a cappella. Um Ooh, okay. It's you should check it out. It's so beautiful. So where is your Gorgeous playlist? Music. Where is your playlist uh located? It's actually on my computer. I should look into seeing if I'm wondering I can if we share, share that share in some way. Somehow. Yeah, that let me see if fun. I can get something on Spotify. I'll look yeah. into that. If you can do it on I'll Spotify, because mine's you. on Spotify, and we can both just share. We can both, yeah. Because I'm sure our lists are very different. Mine is very eclectic. Um, you know, ranges from like Bing Crosby and Nat King Cole to you know the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, and it's got everything yeah. on there. So yeah, it would be. I would love to see yours. I'm always looking for new. Although I have to say, I also just like to stick to my old favorites at the holidays, like. But I do like to add a few new ones every year. So yeah. Um, All right. I'll see if I can make that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And do you have certain decorations that you always pull out every year, or do you like to buy new stuff, or how do you handle that? I'm not a big decoration person. Mm -hmm. Our our house is not is kind of crowded. It's it just doesn't have a whole lot of square feet. So um, setting up decorations can feel really overwhelming really fast. So what? we focus on the Christmas tree and sometimes I do a wreath on the front door if I get around to it. Um, so yeah, Christmas decoration and, and I have these beautiful, I'm looking at them right now. I have these beautiful glass ornaments I bought one year for Christmas, but then I love them so much that I never took them down. So now they just hang all year round. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's all right. Yeah. Um, so I have some, some decorations that sort of become the seasonal decor, even though they're here all year. Yeah. Um, and we don't do lights on the outside of the house, um, yeah. just because it's you know it's expensive. We have, but to do sometimes that we much just energy. Time. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah. Well, um, and, and we, speaking of that, you know, one thing that I've kind of also learned to embrace is that one sometimes it's the year that you make it outside with the lights, and sometimes it's the year that you don't, and right. you haven't failed. If this yeah, is the year that you didn't make exactly. it, you know? exactly, <laughs> or whatever it, whatever your yeah, and again, with the, you know, what is this year hold for us? And right. I think that that's a really good exercise to do in no, late November, early December every year because every year is going to be different. Mm-hmm. So true, depending on the age of your children and how right. much time you have, and you know, a whole bunch of variables. And I think so, I cut you, you know, off. You, you were can, still you talking. You can forgive yourself from doing the lights right, right at the beginning of the year before you even get the box out. Exactly. It's like, oh, this is not going to happen. Okay. Yep. And then and just don't don't even stress about exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, we don't do a lot of decorations. Um, but we love to go drive around and look at Christmas lights. That's, oh, that's one thing fun. we love to do along the decoration lines. Well, so then why do bother do? doing your, your own, question. right? I mean, exactly. why bother yeah. doing my own, like, kind of half-hearted display when I can go look at other people's awesome yeah. ones? Yeah. And there are a <laughs> yeah. couple of neighborhoods in our area that just go out so you know we go and park and then we you know bring hot chocolate and walk around and it's really fun that is really and I don't have to do it exactly (laughs) I don't have to hang any lights at all yeah and well it's so funny like I feel like the theme of our conversation has been you know just do what's right for this year because I was just thinking about how I used to buy a lot of um, holiday decorations like when we first got married because we didn't have any Mm-hmm. And kind of collected a lot. And then at some point thought, I'm not buying anything more. I'm not getting anything. More. I'm not going to acquire any more stuff. And then I actually kind of, I, I gave a lot away. Because I realized a lot of it was just stuff that maybe had been given to me that I didn't love anymore. Yeah. Or it was broken or whatever. So I got I got rid of some stuff. And this year I want to buy some stuff. Because <laughs> I just, yeah. I feel like I culled my, my collection enough. I didn't really buy any new ornaments or decorations for like five or six years. Um, That was sort of what I did those years. And then this year I'm like, I think I could... Uh, I could really stand a few new little knickknacks. So yeah. again, I'm just doing what, just doing what feels right, man. Right. In the, in the, in the moment. And, and I really like your idea of also 
talking to the family. Um, and I, I feel like that's something I need to get a jump on this year. Um, we're recording this before Thanksgiving, so, but it won't go up until, um, I think it's one that's actually going to go up on Thanksgiving. So everyone's going to be in this frame of mind, I think when they hear this, you <laughs> ready, know, ready to move on, to the ready to move on. And maybe to have, maybe Thanksgiving weekend is a good opportunity to sit down with your family and say, Hey, let's yeah. talk about the holiday. What do we want it to look like this year? And what's yeah. really important to us? Yeah. And I know a lot of families who go get their Christmas tree on Thanksgiving weekend. That's a big day around wow. here to get, Man, ours get would trees. Be dried out and dead by the time Christmas came around I feel like yeah we did me that. too that's why I don't do it yet but you know yeah. people like to do that yeah 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 so well and you know around here it's the uh, radio stations have been playing Christmas music since I think the day after Halloween so yeah I think yeah. I started before Halloween this year oh my goodness well uh, I've been <laughs> avoiding crazy. putting it on but now I will I will allow myself to indulge while I'm in the car so <laughs> So, Donia, this has been great. Again, we will have links to some of the things that we talked about today in the show notes, um, including the um, including your 21 Days to a Peaceful Holiday e-course and your blog and all that good stuff. And we'll try to share. We'll try to share both of our Spotify playlists. And even if you don't have a paid Spotify account, you can use um, Open Spotify. And so, you, I think the only thing is you can't. You have to just listen to it on shuffle. I think that's how it works, but oh. you can still listen. You know, you, I don't think you can choose the song, but that's okay. It's Christmas. <laughs> Just leave it on all day. That's right. I mean, that's how you want to listen to Christmas music anyway. Exactly. It's on shuffle. Yeah. So I actually have a post up. um, I just published it today. So by the time your readers hear, your listeners hear this, it will probably be the second post on my blog, but it's all about preparing for Christmas. So things to think about before the holidays. So that's a good one to check out too. Great. Yeah. And I'll have a link to that as well in the show notes. All right, Danielle, this has been great. Thanks so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Absolutely. It's always fun to talk to you. Happy holidays. All right, you too. Thanks again for joining me this week for episode 44 of The Home Hour. If you want to find out more about some of the things Donia and I talked about today, including a link to her 21-day e-course, 21 Days to a More Peaceful Holiday, just go to the show notes. It's thehappiesthome.com backslash episode 44. That is thehappiesthome.com slash episode 44. You'll find links to some of the things that we discussed today. If you are traveling, be safe this weekend, and I'll be back next week. 